Well, hey, friends, welcome to the From Busy to Rich podcast. This podcast exists to inspire advisors like you to increase your profitability and also the quality of your life, but not just for yourself, for those that you serve as well. So, uh, Wes, for the better part of a decade, you've been working with, engaging with communities of financial advisors in a learning series called Transform. Uh, we reference on the show here quite often. I spent some time this last week with some folks uh, here in Nashville, and they said, yeah, I've been to uh, Wes's program. Uh, we had a room of 30 advisors and said, who here has heard of Wes Young? Almost every hand went up, which is great. And I think that's a lot of transform uh, in there. Uh, and we we get asked about, you know, what does it do for those that that actually dive in and, and engage with it? So I know that we've got more information at westyounglive.com, uh, but there's some quick overviews there. But today I'd like to go deeper into the what and the why behind the learning series. Um, and depending on when you're listening, uh, the class might be really close to um, launching again. And um, if it's not, it'll, it'll show when it's launching next. Uh, but the next one we have uh, for the airing of this show is February 22nd of 2024. Uh, and so you can register again at westyounglive.com. Uh, and usually there's one in February and August. Am I, am I right, Wes? Yeah, yeah, twice a year. So listen, I what I find fascinating about the advisors that I know that have stepped out to create uh, resources for other advisors is it's pretty rare. And I think it's rare because it's one of those things where if you're doing well enough for yourself, you usually don't stop to go. And I don't think this is a selfish thing. It's just the business does not really lend itself to you doing so well. Um, you know, you should help other people. Like generally, it's like, no, like you just keep helping yourself. And again, that's not a bad thing, uh, but it's just it's outside the industry norm. So I, in that for that reason, I'd love for you to talk about, like, give us more understanding of what it is, why you created it. And ultimately, what does it result in? Like, what's the end of the story? What should people expect to get out of it on a really practical level? A absolutely, Andy. Uh, that there's there's a couple of good quotes that I think are going to tee up the thought, the thought process behind this really well. Uh, one of them is by Richard Koch, and, and I really like his, his writing. He wrote the 80-20 principle. Um, the other one's by someone that in, in the financial business is somewhat uh, lore, and it's, uh, his name is Ben Feldman. But here, here are the quotes. So Richard Koch says, it's, it's not a shortage of time that should worry us, but the tendency for the majority of time to be spent in low-quality ways. And then the other quote is this, we come into this business in a state of starry-eyed enthusiasm, then we educate ourselves to a place of sophisticated confusion. We become our best if we can fight to the place of mature simplicity. And, and when I think about this highest level of what Transform is all about, it's, about, it's about getting the advisor to their next level of mature simplicity, to where they're spending their time in high-quality ways. And where every single one in their atmosphere of influence is increasing profitability and quality of life. And there are a number of things that we work to, to do just that. It's over an 11 uh, session process, uh, not including the, the, the deep dive that we have in Austin for those who want to come. But, but the, the thinking behind this, there's, there's kind of really four core imperatives, Andy, that, that we work on throughout this. Well, let me ask you real quick too, like, even choosing that word imperative, like I, I understand it to mean like, um, like I always, I always hear it in the sense like it's imperative you do these things, meaning they're non-negotiable. Yeah. Like, 
You know, yeah. it's imperative. You have gas in your car if you want to get somewhere, right? It's These are imperatives. So you've developed these four imperatives that then you're going to teach over the 11 weeks and then the in-person. That's right. right. Okay. All right. What are they? Yeah. So, so let's take them one by one. The first one is we treat, we teach a transform mindset. And, and what, what this is, Andy, I mean, we, here's, here's the reality. Everybody listening, uh, including all the three of us that are, that are hosting this is all of us have been to classes. We've listened to podcasts. We've read books, gone to conventions and, and, and those things have told us what to do. But how many times have we struggled with still not doing those things? We actually, the transform mindset deals with the part of us that still won't do what we know to do. Okay. And, and so here's, here's kind of the way we think about it. All of us have uh, transformed. The premise behind it is that while different isn't always better, better is always different. Mm-hmm. And in order to become to that next level of mature simplicity, where we're using our time in high quality ways, increasing profitability and quality of life, we are going to need to become something different than we are. And in, in order to do that, we have to deal with this, this dance between normal and new. Because our greatest opportunities to recognize our future possibilities is not about abandoning our normal. It's also not about rejecting new. It's about this tension between the two. And, and when you can understand it and when you can see it and understand the alarm bells that should go off at certain times, um, you will no longer just be a consumer of information. You will be an executor of the information into a meaningful way over and over again throughout the life of your practice. Right. And, and here's some thoughts around this, Andy, as all of us think of it this way, all of us have a normal, we have a current way we go about making progress. And if you were to follow me around and audit my life, you'd, you'd be able to follow, figure out, okay, what are my habits? What are my narratives I use to move people from one place to another? What, right. what is my, uh, presence like when I show up in different meetings and different atmospheres? What's my uh, education, training, technology that I move with, products and services? All these things that that cobble together and you could make a million subcategories, they make my normal. They make my current way of going about making progress. And everyone has a normal. Everyone, everyone has. And also, I would also submit, because you said something earlier about you could see how everyone progresses. For many people, progressing is just existing. It's actually not it's, it's not an accelerated growth pattern. It's literally just like, you know, and I don't mean to be crass, but like there's people that they're in a sort of vegetative state. They're just literally alive, but they're not, they're not able to even contribute anymore. Like that's what happens with age and, you know, certain situations. So, so for some people, progression, it's just like, well, I made it through the day. Yeah. Right. I made it to the next paycheck. Right. That's normal for some people. Uh, obviously that's not the goal. Yeah. Right? In order to get out of that state of or that level of quote unquote progression, which is just existing, you're saying we have to normalize that new things happen instead of normalizing same old, same old. Yeah, because you've got this normal and then and then you've got new and new is a transformed way of doing a lot of that same stuff. And so the 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 dance here is that um, our greatest opportunities are, are, are to recognize future possibilities, not about necessarily abandoning the normal but also not about rejecting new. It's about a constant tension between the two. And when it comes to the, the uh, transformative mindset, which is a big premise, this is probably one of the longest ones we're going to stay on for a second, Andy. Um, it is constant throughout this because it is the single, wh- whatever you're trying to transform in your life, having this mindset and being able to understand 
what the alarm bells are that should that should serve as guardrails to get you back to the tension between normal and new are critically important. And and just to give you a few examples of this is um, like I think uh, the, the gravitational pull of people and organizations is to defend the way they've always done it. Yeah. And, and I think there's two main reasons. Um, in fact, one of them, one funny story about this, Andy, is uh, Howard's story. How, Howard, who you'll you'll will be familiar to you in the future here, is he he was in the coffee business back in the 1980s, and he uh, they would they would source the coffee at these small farms. They would roast it in this custom way, and then they would sell it for consumption at home or or to restaurants. And uh, he loved the business. He went overseas on a vacation to Europe, fell in love with the idea of the coffee shop. And loved the breezes, loved the smells, loved how it took this high-end commodity purchase to a unique community experience. And he thought, this might be next. Because so he, this is like 70s, 80s. I mean, coffee shops yeah, yeah. are everywhere now. Yeah, but. yeah. This, this is before the day of the sidewalk coffee shop okay. here in the States. So he came back, told his employers, guys, this, this could be the next new thing. And while they liked him and respected him, uh, they did what most people have the tendency to do, particularly if they've had any level of success, is they begin to defend their existing set of habits. They said, Howard, we're not really interested in, in like putting a bunch of time and energy and money into this untested idea. We're kind of the giants in our little niche here. We're going to compete with what got us where we are. Howard, undeterred, went out and started his own sidewalk cafe, coffee shop experience. It was called Il Journal. And it was an enormous success. Within like 16 weeks, he had four of them. He would actually buy his former employer and he would drop the Il Journal name and take on theirs and and they're known as Starbucks. So yeah, that's a little easier because I have no yeah. idea what, the, what that yeah. word is. And you said it three times. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Good. And good, listen, good move. Good move, Howard. The crazy part about that story is, is the former owners of Starbucks weren't stupid. They had built a really successful organization. They just fell victim to what so many people do. And we, we often do at several times in our life is they begin to defend their existing set of habits. Howard Schultz was not about abandoning everything the company was built on. He said, yeah, let's still source the coffee. Let's roast it in a custom way. But instead yeah. of just selling it at a commodity purchase, let's create a community experience. And it became one of the greatest business success stories in history. Did you see him um, testify in front of Congress last year? No. And I'll say this because normalizing the new is part of his DNA. Because um, I'm, I might get a little political, but I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me here. Uh, is that one of the things that they kept saying he was a billionaire and they use it as a, a derogatory term. And he said, listen, you can look this up, folks. I'm, he goes, I'm growing tired. I'm t like, we need to stop talking about billionaire. He's like, yes, I'm a billionaire. And I'm not ashamed of that. He said, I've given hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people jobs and education. He said, and I didn't know this about him. He said, I grew up in public housing. Wow. And I, was like, I, I wasn't. You know, and, and I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's built different, right? That, he, he's not there because it was given to him. It went, you know, he went out and he got it. Yeah. And yes, certain other people came alongside him, but but he was not born, you know, Howard Starbucks and his dad yeah. gave him the company. You know what yeah. I mean? He was, you know, he's like, I'm a product of a system that allowed me to grow and I've been able to help other people through that. And yeah, I made a bunch of money doing it. Yeah. Why is that a bad thing again? Remind me why it's a bad thing that I have money and I help, you know, and the reason I bring it up is it's not the billionaire part of it or whatever. It's that, oh, you didn't let your normal. That's right. You know, shape you 
it, other than you said, I, I don't want that normal. I want that, a different normal. transformative mindset, which believes better is possible. And in order to better, I need to activate on normalizing new things into my life. And, and so that we deal with the part of the person that still won't do it. And there's a couple of things just to note, and then we'll move on to the next one, the, the remainder of them, which are, which are much faster <laughs> than this one. But I wanted to hit it is there are a couple, couple things that pop up. Fear is one, you know, cause w- w- as much as we want things to be better. I mean, you and I were built to make today better than yesterday, tomorrow better than it is today. That's in the DNA of people. Anybody that would jump into a class like or community like Transform. Um, but as much as we want things to be better, even more so, we don't want them to get worse. And it's the first part of that statement. You know, different isn't always better. Better is always different. It's the different is always better because you could tell a story, Andy and Justin, about things that you tried uh, and it made your life temporarily worse. Mm-hmm. Not better. And, and, you know, it's like we talked about last week in closing time is people, people really don't resist change as much as they resist loss. They, they, they resist that, that, you know, like I said, nobody, your boss invites you in and says, I got a change I want to make. I want to give you a raise of $50,000. Nobody I hates that. I yeah. love change. They love change, right? Bring the change. So it's, not, it's not necessarily the, about the change. It's about the, that it may lead, the change may lead to loss or discomfort. Right. And so you, when you see, like different you know, is better, better is always different. It's you've got to know, and and if you feel that fear of loss, you, that's where you need to serve. That's an alarm bell, and I'm not going to let that prevent me from seeing and seizing the thing that's going to actually potentially move me in the direction of of better. Because you know, it's the definition of insanity: is keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. And I always yeah. like to upgrade that. I say keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect better results because yeah. you can keep doing the same thing over and over again. And your life can get worse. When's the last time you rented a movie from Blockbuster Video? Right? Kept doing the same thing over and over again, but went in reverse. Yeah. So I think I think fear fear is, is a guardrail. And then and then the other one I think uh, is as relates to this transformative mindset that is a guardrail is fatigue. Um, fatigue because ch- change is is like remodeling a house while you're living in it. Yeah. You ever you ever done that, Andy? You ever remodeled a? I mean, listen, it. it Let's make it a smaller scale. You ever like try to reorganize your kitchen and then like make a meal? You're like, this is hard because I'm trying to use this thing. You yeah. Know? Uh, but yeah, it's difficult. You know, it's like, it's why you don't change your tire while you're riding the bike. You got to stop. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It, it requires weird, different energy. Your life is uncomfortable as you're, as you're doing this new thing. That's not a part of your muscle memory, not a part of your normal because there is always a cost to change, but boy, is there a cost not to. And, and again, you don't want to wake up beautifully prepared for a world that no longer exists. So, so when you can understand and see that and call them out, the elephants in the room of fear and fatigue, it helps keep you in the transformative mindset and actually digest the things that are on your plate and, and utilize them towards energy. So, so, so that's the first one. We got three more to go. I promise the rest of them won't take as long, but I did want to hit that one pretty, pretty deep. Yeah. But I will say that I want to wrap that section with this thought, which is that the challenge of this is you have to start thinking about the way you think, thinking about things that are automatic. And it's really hard to think about things that are automatic because mm-hmm. you're going to say, why'd you do that? And you're like, what did I do? What? Because you don't even think about doing it. Yeah. Right? You're just doing it. So yeah. it does take a different level of intention. And it usually takes someone on the outside helping you see those things, which is why the class exists. So what are the next ones? Yeah. So the next one is we're going to, uh, next imperative is we're going to show you and, and deliver to you an annual engagement process. That is so attractive, Andy, that clients not only want to come aboard, but they want to stay aboard 
in a fee-based annual retainer relationship. Because, and and in addition to being great at the transactional work of products and asset management, they recognize you as transformational in helping them think and see and ultimately move more powerfully. Uh, Ultimately, it is you, we create an engaging process where you have advice worth paying for and they love to pay for that advice. So for a lot of people, this is a brand new space or brand new area of opportunity that they've not yet engaged in. And it is a game changer in your enjoyment and your profitability and your impact, Andy. Yeah. So the process, so here's the other part though, is it's, it's, it's not only it's an annual engagement process that's also so attractive, it makes asking for referrals irrelevant because you already get so many asking, people asking to meet with you as a result of the process itself. The, the process is so good. It, you know, if you can imagine, it's, it's kind of like whatever you're cooking, the fragrance going from it out smells so good. Yeah. People come to you. You ever walk by one of those Annie Ann's pretzel or Annie Ann's like Cinnabon things? Yeah. That, yeah. In the airports, you know, they aren't, they aren't walking around going, Hey, you should come in here. You know what they do? They turn on the oven and they cook. They create the, they do their process. It's so, it's so attractive. You're like, what is that? I got to go. Yeah. I want, I want to. You'll never find those things like in a corner way off in the distance. They're right in the middle. That's right. Just pulling people in. Just, you know, I'm not even thinking. I was like, I don't even know how I ended up in line. I'm in line. I'm giving you my like, money. I don't. And they're like, we know, we know. We just started cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so an annual engagement process uh, is, is the other thing. And, and it, it, it does those things that are unique. The third imperative is we're going to help you see and seize new areas of opportunity. And, and let me give you some examples of this. Um, one of them is going to be in the area of, of tax awareness. Because, because we grow up in this business and we learn tax strategies and, uh, and different tips and tricks that ultimately lead to a product sale, most people in this game are just not very tax aware of all the other ideas that exist mm-hmm. that could be so beneficial when coordinated with the client CPA that before you ever invest a dollar, you're talking about a 37% return if you're in Texas where there's no state income tax mm-hmm. on, on, on ideas. So we're going to give you ideas. And again, tax ideas are so portable. They're so, they're so uh, memorable that we just, that's like that fragrance going out. People carry them. Like we've had clients call us that are like, Hey, I want to meet with you. You work with so and so. And, uh, you know, and they told me that I could, and they usually have a tax idea. And I'm like, yeah, well, we do a whole lot for him. And so this is a game changer because it really does put you in a, in a space that most people, they're not even aware a game is occurring. Mm-hmm. And, and so. And the other area too, I didn't, there's a lot of, we have hundreds of narratives that we'll talk about that, that we give them to be able to help, uh, help move people in the direction of increased profitability and quality of life. Uh, but the other area that I find is, is overlooked is in the area of estate planning. And that's, we call it estate planning 101, estate planning, uh, 102 to where even if a person doesn't have a taxable estate, there is so much value you can deliver in those areas because here's, you know, in, in both the income tax and the state planning area, you've got a couple of things at work is CPAs for the most part, this is, you know, n- not everybody, but they're primarily in the business of tax preparation. And so they'll prepare your return on time. It'll be compliant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they don't, they're not in the game of this proactive tax planning. And, and, you know, and again, like I said, there's exceptions. My CA, CPA is an exception to that. He's in proactive tax planning, but the majority of them, they aren't in that game. And so when you can be that interpreter where you can like say, hey, there's eight ideas that 
other clients like you have used, let's go talk to your CPA and see if they work. Most of the time, the CPA is going to go, yeah, they'll work. And the client's always like, why didn't they bring that up? I said, because that's not their goal. That's not their role. Yeah. So also in the, in there is uh, when it comes to how many people, Andy, do you know? And, um, and Justin, I'm curious of your, your input on this too. When you ask him, hey, tell me about your will that say, yeah, we've been meaning to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's one of those areas that just there, there's not a lot of good um, execution taking place. So we, we have a process by which not only we talk about the framework, but we make it really easy for the client to go get those documents in place that they need. And I'm going to give you a, a uh, less than 10 minute conversation where you can have one of the most advanced estate planning conversations that people actually understand. And, and if they have estate tax situations, they're going to go, man, these people are smart. They know things. And I want to engage with my work. And so, so we give you new narratives. Those are just two examples. Um, um, we, we increase your, your, uh, your, your ability, your opportunities to help. Um, mm-hmm. Last area. And then and we'll kind of talk about next steps and things like that is optimize uh, their organization and structure capabilities. Yeah. Cause you can't do all these things without changing something structurally. You, you right? bet. Right. So, so it's like, great. These sound great, but I can't do that in the way that I currently operate or my team is. And you're like, you're right. That's why we're going to talk about this. So some of this is understanding the people you're hiring, what the skills they need to have, how, what are the conversations you need to have to, to find and hire the right people. And it's not, oh, they wanted a job. So you give it to them. That is not yeah. how you qualify someone. Right. And then what are some of the tools that you can use in order to scale this? These are things that you have used and helped hundreds of advisors implement inside of their companies, inside of their systems. Um, what else is included in that? Is that everything in the optimization? Yeah, so if you think about the optimization organization structure, the best analogy I can give you is that of a bicycle. So think about this. Every bicycle has two wheels. It's got you know pedals. It's got handlebars, uh, some kind of sprocket system. You also all bicycles are organized the same. If it has three wheels, it's not the organization of a bicycle; it's a tricycle. Um, it, it, you can have two bicycles that are organized the same, but they're structured differently. So one bicycle may have really soft, knobby tires, good for going off road. The other may have really hard, uh, smooth tires, good for going on flat surfaces really fast. Neither one's bad or wrong. One is just more applicable for where the rider's trying to go and the rider's skill level. So. If you were to give me my organizational structure um, today that I, when I was brand new, it would have been like, you know, I'm, I'm flying by myself on a 737. It just would not have made yeah. any sense and, and we couldn't have kept it going. Um, I needed a tricycle to get started. So, so what we try and do here is, is give you the tools to equip you to understand what are, what are you structured? What are, how are you organized now? How are you structured and then what's your next change? Is it, is it a, is it just a, a st- structural change or is it an organizational change? Do you need to go from the bicycle to the car? Um, and, and what does that mean? So we talk about a lot of things, Andy. One is, as you mentioned, team awareness and development. Um, you know, what, what best leaders, best teammates in the world are aware teammates and leaders. And there are things, assessments that you can engage in, things like the working genius, Colby. We, we go through a lot of them that that equip you to be a better teammate and leader and honestly live a lot more profitable and, and higher quality of life. Um, technology tips and tricks. There's a ton of tech. You know, we talked about this last week, but you know, 
if your job is to hit nails into a roof and you're still using a hammer, you might want to upgrade to a nail gun because that's going to allow you the capacity to do that at a much more efficient level. There are tons of technology tips and tricks out there. Uh, we operate and have many years before COVID as a completely remote office and all yeah. of our mates are all across the, the country. So we'll, we'll talk to you about if that's appealing to you, you know, great. We'll tell you how to do it. Also how to do it brick and mortar. Um, ideal calendar, ideal year. There is so much with cadence throughout yeah. a year. Usually it's like people repeat the same week over and over again. There is no off season. Well, we teach you how to have a healthy uh, off season and healthy, healthy uh, game season. And yeah. then what you're doing in between yeah. to, to where the whole team's operating well together. So it's a bunch of stuff like that around organization and structural capability. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a massive disadvantage if someone says, hey, here are the goals you need to achieve. You should climb up this mountain and let me show you the view. And you're like, OK, but what equipment do I need? I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's the, that mountain is awesome. You're like, OK, I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm going to quit. You know what I mean? So you don't want that. So yes, some of this is just practical. Some of it's being in the right mindset, but also some of it is what tool should I use, right? When, when should I meet with people? How, how often should I meet with people? Things like that. So again, the, the, um, the transform series can be found at westhamlive.com. There's 11 sessions that are live remote sessions via Zoom. Uh, this time around starting February 22nd. Uh, and it's generally on Thursdays. Um, and then, uh, there's daily, there's, there's a series of daily sprints. Explain those. Yeah. So after we finish the first, uh, seven sessions, which are all about a week apart, then we do one week of daily sprints, uh, that used to, it used to be called the bonus rounds before COVID. Uh, I'm sorry. We called it bonus rounds after COVID because COVID hit and we used to do, uh, sessions eight through 11, basically. in what we call the deep dive that was mm -hmm. everybody flying to Austin and we do them as an optional kind of altogether workshop. And then COVID hit and we couldn't do it. Well, we still wanted to deliver some of that value. So we just created the sprint week where you had about an hour a day for right. a week in a oh, row. I love that. I love that. For those. Yeah. And we kept it after COVID and we just call it the bonus rounds now. And then we still have the, the deep dive at the end that people can come to as well. Love it. Well, you know, there is such an impact. I just spent time, like I said, uh, I think today, um, maybe last week about spending some time with advisors in person. There, it's It's irreplaceable. Right. I mean, I know you're a fully remote office, but you still get together in person uh, at times because it matters. So we do want people to attend live. That's when things really happen. And then also there's um, there's an in-person component at the end. Um, and also what's what what is what is the element of the team? How does that involve? Yeah. Yeah. So we we love for the advisor to have their team participate. So, because, you know, it's like the worst thing you go to a meeting. And uh, you get all these great ideas and your team's like scared to death for you to come back from the conference because you're like, we're changing everything. And here's seven new things that we're going to do. Right, right, right. If they can, if they can be a part of it. And, and Andy, not only we love for people to attend live, uh, the, the, the uh, web-based shops, workshops, but then every week right after that, they have a recording of what we talked about. So they can go back and not only if they had to miss, but even more so, so they can, they can renew their mind because we need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed. And so it, it gives them the ability to do that and they can do it with their team yeah, and so that they're not just going this alone and having to drive it. They get to participate in it. Yeah. So again, it all sort of culminates in a, a deep dive day uh, in Austin, uh, which is a great city to hang out in. Um, and, and I have talked to many people. I talked to, talked to someone just yesterday um, that said, I went to that program. It's, it's, it's great. And so again, I encourage you to go to westyoundlive.com. The next one is in February uh, and we'll, 
would love for you to transform many of the habits that that um, have gotten you here. That's great, but they're not going to get you there where you want to go. Uh, and again, the, the goal of transform is the same goal of this podcast. And we'll wrap with this, which is we want you to help. We want to help you increase your profitability and the quality of life, not just for the for you, for, for those you serve. Uh, and so that's why I encourage you to go to westyounglive.com. Check out the Transform series. If you're listening to this after February 22nd, 2024, they'll have another one. So go there, westyounglive.com and check it out. Uh, Justin West, thank you for your time. Thanks, Andy.